So it's really a game that's about incremental gains and showing up every day. So you have to be able to stay motivated to put in that time every day to keep building it so that when it does explode, you're actually still around for it. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikkel Karshavsky, and welcome to episode 119 of That Remote Life podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Shauna Newman. Now, I first became aware of Shauna because of an article that she wrote for the Empire Flippers podcast titled, Seven Tips for Building and Flipping Sites from a Six-Figure Team of One. And in this article, Shauna outlines some tips and processes that she has learned after building over 100 websites with the intent of scaling them and then selling them. Now, this obviously really piqued my curiosity since I've always loved the idea of building a small portfolio of profit-generating websites and from time to time selling them for a cash exit. So, clearly, I needed to sit down and talk with Shauna about her experience and what she can tell us about how to do all of this. So during this interview, Shauna shared her story of getting started with niche site building after losing her job as a financial analyst in 2008, her process for scaling a brand new website to an eventual exit in 18 months or less, and what her tips are for any beginners looking to get started with niche website building. If you're interested in building your own personal empire of niche authority sites, Shauna has embarked on an incredible challenge to create a new course every single month of 2021 in order to teach people every single step of this process. If you want to check out those courses, you can do so on Shauna's website, digitalauthorityacademy.com and as a TRL listener, you will get 20% off all of your purchases by using the code remote life. That's remote life, all one word. And don't worry about remembering the URL to our website or the code. Just check out the show notes for this episode and you will find that there. But before we jump into the interview, make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, which you can find a link to in the show notes along with that code. I publish every single podcast interview there in a video form, and I also release original content every Monday and Friday about the digital nomad lifestyle, remote work, and online business that you can only find there on YouTube. To subscribe, just click on the link in the show notes or search for my full name, Mitko Karshavsky. Finally, I would love to hear what you think about this podcast, and I've made it very easy to do so. 
All you have to do is just head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash TRL and write your review. That's it. It's that easy. If you're enjoying this podcast, leaving a review is one of the best ways to support us. Reviews are a key statistic that podcasting apps look at in order to determine how to rank a podcast. So your review will directly help us climb the rank boards and attract new listeners. So thank you in advance for leaving a review if you choose to do so. And thank you so much for joining me over on YouTube. It has been such a blast growing that YouTube channel. And I really look forward to creating even more content there for you guys every single week. But Without further ado, guys, that's it for me. Let's jump into this fascinating conversation with Shauna Newman. All right, Shauna, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. I am so excited to talk to you. Like I was telling you before we hit record, I a few months ago, I came across a post that you wrote for the Empire Flippers guys, and uh, the post is called Seven Tips for Building and Flipping Sites from a Six-Figure Team of One. And that title just had so many things that made me so <laughs> curious that I read the article and I was like, Shauna, I have to have you on the podcast uh, and talk with you because you've been building and acquiring and flipping sites for several years now. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to dive in. And, you know, let people hear a little bit about how you do this. How have you been building sites like this for a while? But before we get started with that, I'm curious how exactly you ended up doing this. Because as far as I know, you used to work as a financial analyst, correct? So how did you go from a financial analyst to then flipping online (laughs) websites? There's like a very conventional type of thing to this like kind of cowboy online entrepreneur kind of thing. How did that transition happen? Uh, Well, it just started because I just hated working for other people. So, um, you know, my undergrad degree is in journalism. So I was doing a little freelance writing on the side while I was doing these cubicle jobs. Um, and then I started learning about made for absence sites and things like that. So I was like, oh, that could be a way I could not be in a cubicle all day. So I started dabbling with that. And then that was back in 2008 when I lost my job as the financial analyst. And so I was like, well, you know, I'm getting unemployment for a short period. This is a great time to go all in on this. And so I just started doing more freelance writing and creating those sites. And then before my unemployment was up, I'd made over $2,000 in a single week. And so I was like, I'm never going back. So that was just kind of how it started for me. That's funny. I have a friend, Matt Juvenisi, who is, uh, he has a very similar story where yeah. he was on unemployment. He has said before, like the government basically paid for me to build my <laughs> website for a little bit there, yeah. like to start his business. So that's yeah. very funny. So you got started and where did you like learn how to build websites? You said that you ended up making $2,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that one website. That's, that sounds great to many people listening. How did yeah. you, you know, I feel like we're skipping a little bit there. How did you <laughs> yeah. end up getting to that? Uh, well, like I said, I started back with when made for AdSense sites were big. So I'm like, you know, a senior citizen in, in this industry, basically. This was back when, you know, the big people were like shoe money with those made for AdSense site checks that he was flashing on the internet. And so I started following him and people like him, you know, most of those people aren't even around anymore. Um, and then Back then, um, it was called Paper Post. I think they're called Isaiah now. So they did like basically sponsored posts on your sites if you had high page rank. And so I had a personal finance blog at the time that had a high page rank. And so that would kind of got me started into that. 
And then um, before too long, I met a guy who is actually out of the industry now as well, who was doing Amazon affiliate sites. And he was very open on his, on his blog with how he did that. And so I kind of took a lot of what I do now from, that's how I got started with what he was doing with buying guides and things like that. Um, and then fast forward a little bit and Squidoo was all the rage with internet marketers. And that kind of helped me refine my keyword research process and really kind of get my content so that it was short and tight and not just like fluff and stuff like that. And so that's kind of like the evolution of how I got into doing the sites that I do now. Mm. For people that are listening that maybe, you know, don't know about you or haven't read the article that I mentioned, which by the way, I'm going to have links to all of this in the show notes, but how many websites would you say have you built, flipped? Like how many of these, you know, AdSense, Amazon affiliate websites have you run through in your career, so to say? Oh, I, since I've been doing this, you know, for more than a decade, I'd say it has to be over a hundred. Um, wow. I went through one year where I sold like 30 to 40 sites just in a single year. They were mostly smaller sites. So it wasn't like I was, you know, rolling in the cash or anything. They weren't all million dollar sales. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, but usually right now I keep anywhere from 20 to 30 sites that are active in my portfolio. Um, those are kind of like different areas of, you know, profitability. Some are brand new, some are, you know, bringing in five figures a month and, and then there's a lot in between. Mm. So. And I'm so curious about why flip sites, right? Like, because for me, you, I mean, I know that you have two options, right? One is mm -hmm. to keep the website and it's churning out some sort of monthly income. But, and then when you flip it, you lose that monthly income, but you bring in a lump sum of cash, right? right. But in the long term, wouldn't keeping that website earn more money if you kept it, right? Like that's why people are buying it. So where was your mentality around like, why flip it? Why not just, you know, crank out a hundred websites and have a hundred websites in your portfolio? Right. So in the beginning, it was more like of a cash flow issue where, you know, you flip a site back then it was like 20 X then you get all of that money up front and then you have a lot more to invest in the next site. And so then you just kind of keep scaling it up and then you can start bigger and bigger and bigger sites. Um, and then after I got comfortable where I could just basically start any site that I wanted, what I did is I was chasing dollar signs. So I was starting sites like in the golf niche where I have zero interest and so I would get bored pretty quickly and I would not want to deal with golf content, for instance. And so I would flip that. Um, now what I'm focusing on is how far can I take this site? So let's say that I was interested in golf. Would I be able to say monetize it with a course, eBooks, things like that? If I can't, then I sell it when I've taken it as far as I can. Um, I do have some sites now that I'm building to keep for the long term where I can take it, you know, courses, uh, ebooks, maybe coaching or consulting, or maybe even or turn it into like real world business with events and things like that. So those are the kind of sites I want to hold on to. But when I don't think I can take it, you know, all the way, those are the ones I get rid of. So I know a lot of people whose dream it is to be professional bloggers, right? right. Like that's their thing is they're like, I want to have a blog and like write about this topic that I'm really passionate about and just kind of like live the blogger dream. <laughs> right. And as somebody who's worked with like a lot of people trying to start an online business, the first thing I tell them is don't be a blogger because right. it's just so hard. And there's just, you know, the battlefield is just littered with, you know, like failed dreams, so to say. This right. sounds kind of dramatic, but yeah. I didn't know where else to go with that. Yeah. Uh, and here you are saying that you've done this literally a hundred times, yeah, right? Yeah. So what is it that these people that 
aren't making it are missing because at a hundred websites, you must have some sort of system. There must be something that you've figured out that allows you to replicate that success. What do you think is like the number one thing that most people who enter this world with this blogger dream are missing that you think that you've kind of like figured out? I think a lot of people don't realize how long it can take to make that first dollar and then how long it can take to scale it. So you have to go into it knowing you know, I might not make any money for 12 months. I might, you know, depending on the niche, say I was going into personal finance, it might be two years or longer before I start seeing real meaningful income. So it's really a game that's about incremental gains and showing up every day. So you have to be able to stay motivated to put in that time every day to keep building it so that when it does explode, you're actually still around for it. And are you mostly like getting traffic for these websites? Is it just Google and it's just good old fashioned SEO or is there something else to the mix? Um, it is primarily Google. Um, certain niches that I'm in do quite well on Pinterest. Um, one of my biggest sites in terms of traffic right now um, gets about 18% of its traffic each month from Pinterest. And that site's bringing in about 70,000 a month for traffic. Wow. Very so. nice. So how do you... You know, you said that you went after the golf niche, you did personal finance, you're doing a bunch of these different niches. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to ask you specifics on like what niches you're working on, because I know that's a little taboo. (laughs) Um, But how do you decide that something is a good topic to write about? Um, Basically, what I like to see is the ability to monetize it more than one way. So like back when I was first starting with affiliate sites and flipping, I was 100% focused on Amazon affiliates, you know, for my monetization. But these days I'm looking for, you know, private affiliate programs, display ads. Um, Does anybody have any eBooks where I can promote those as well? Things like that. So I want a niche that has several monetization opportunities, um, but it also can't be so narrow that I will run out of topics because I like to build sites these days, you know, with two, three, 400 posts before I flip it. And do they start making like, at what point do these websites start making money? Like you were saying two, three, 400 posts before you flip them. Do you just churn out those blog posts or do you like spread them out over a particular amount of time? Um, What I typically do is each quarter I'll start anywhere from two to five new sites. And then I will hustle to get about 30 posts up on each new site that I start. And then I just kind of let it sit and kind of marinate in the SERPs and see which one of those pops. So then maybe the next quarter or two quarters after that, I'll go back to whichever one kind of takes off the most and then just throw, you know, a ton of content at that as fast as I can to get it up to, you know, 100, 200, 300 posts. Um, In terms of how long does it take? It really depends on what play you're focused at. So I have a case study site right now, my Project Tartarus site. It's my first site where I'm doing 100% informational content and trying to focus only on display ads from the station from the start at least for the first year. Um, And it took me like three months, I think, before it started making around $100 a month. Um, That was on an age domain though. Um, I can start affiliate sites and start on a fresh domain and make money the same timeframe. So it really depends on what your monetization aim is. And also, of course, if you're using age domains, you can obviously shortcut that timeline. And what you mean by all information posts is that otherwise on like something like an affiliate website, you would be doing more like, Hey, here are the 10, you know, coffee mugs, the best 10 coffee mugs or something like that, that would then generate affiliate clicks. Right. right? Yeah. So I'm doing things like 
how does decaf differ from regular, you know, mm. how much caffeine is in coffee. So it's all types of content like that for the informational play. Gotcha. So. What sort of skills does somebody starting this, you know, if somebody's listening to this and goes mm. like, wow, this sounds like so much fun, like me. <laughs> Right. This right, to right. me is like, yeah. I've always had this dream of like, just having like a portfolio, of like small online mm-hmm. businesses that kind of just do the own thing. Right. What <laughs> would you say are like the skills that somebody needs in order to get started? Um, I think being a good writer is very important unless you're planning on outsourcing. Um, I find that often I can write something both better and faster than when I outsource. Um, but other than that, I think good keyword research and being able to really analyze the sites that are ranking in, on the top 10 on page one um, and on page SEO. I mean, these are things you can easily learn if you find the right blog posts or courses, you know, that are for free out there. Um, but if you just know that, that will get you ahead, you know, probably more than even being a good writer. Do you have any suggestions of, like you said, I think that that's like the key or like yeah. good places to learn these <laughs> yeah. things. Do you have any suggestions where people can go look if the, you know they do want a good source for this stuff? Um, I typically recommend the Ahrefs blog to people as well as the Authority Hacker guys. Um, there are obviously a lot of charlatans in this industry who basically are giving out bad information, but those two sites are usually pretty trustworthy. Gotcha. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about let's dive in here and talk a little bit about like the process, right? Like how, like, let's walk through, like you get an idea for a website. Mm-hmm. How do you, where do you start? Where do you start? And then how do you, like, what is the process of building one of these websites actually look like? Um, so if I've already got a niche picked out, then the next thing I'm doing is I want to come up with a list of 100 topics for 100 articles right from the start. Um, so I'll just fill a spreadsheet with that. Usually I use Ahrefs. And then what I do is I just look for sites that are ranking in that niche that have a low domain rating in Ahrefs that are getting traffic. So that means that should be pretty easy for me to get traction immediately because they're doing it, you know, and obviously being pretty low authority. Um, and then, like I said, I, I like to write most of my content myself. Um, if I'm like in a mad rush, I will outsource it. Um, lately, I've been using Writer Access for that and they're writers at six cents a word. I think that's level four. So I hustle and I get as much content up as possible. And then, like I said, I just kind of let it sit. Um, I don't like to let things sit for too long because my goal is to try to flip sites within 18 months initially. And I like to front load my expenses so that when I get a valuation for it, I'm getting you know more money than I would if I was spending regularly throughout mm. the 18 months. One of the things that I'm noticing with how you're looking at this is like, you know, we talked about people who get into blogging because they're passionate Mm -hmm. and they like want to be bloggers on on a certain topic. You're almost like extremely analytical about this. Like (laughs) there's no feelings. It's like, listen, I'm going to throw a bunch of these out there. And if they don't work, I'm going to cut them and I'm going to keep the one that is right. right? While somebody else is like, I have this website. That's my baby. And like, (laughs) you know, I live and die by that website. Mm -hmm. Um, is there a way to make it if you are passionate in that way, if, your website is your baby or do you think you need to be very analytical and very kind of like cold in your approach? I think you could. I mean, there's plenty of people who have just one site and and they're doing well with it. I think though, it depends on what you're interested in. Obviously, if you are interested in video games, they have notoriously low RPMs for display ads and they're also pretty low rate on Amazon. 
I actually had a gaming site I sold three years ago and and the ceiling is a lot lower for some niches like that than say, if you were starting a site about swimming pools, you know, you mentioned Matt, who I've read mm -hmm. his money lab site, he has that swimming pool site that does amazing income. So, I mean, if, if you're really passionate about something that, that you can monetize well, you can definitely do really well with it. Yeah. That's the amazing thing with Matt is that he has had that website for years and he's like, you know why that website is so good is because I know everything about pools. Yeah, like he's yeah. like, I like in my sleep can tell you what's wrong with a pool <laughs> because he was literally been doing that as a teenager, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so when you say that you flip these websites, I'm mm -hmm. curious, like what kind of, you know, traffic are these websites getting at the point that you flip them and like what can somebody expect at that stage like you said you kind of hold on to them for a year year mm -hmm. and a half before you flip them what sort of like like monetary amounts are we talking about when you flip these you know are they like hundreds of thousands of dollars or do these flips tend to be you know in the 10 20 like how much do you normally flip a website for um in terms of traffic to the sites um <laughs> I actually couldn't tell you the traffic to any of the sites I sold because I only focused on the monthly income. So I don't know mm. if I'm an anomaly with that or not. Um, in the past, um, what I would usually shoot for was anywhere between 1,000 to 2,000 a month as my target income, and that's when I would flip it. Um, I like to flip in the under 300,000 price range because they move really quickly when you're selling a site like that, especially if it's under 100,000 for the sales price. And you don't have to worry about people wanting to finance part of it. And I can't remember what Empire Flippers called it, but where you only get part of the money up front and then they pay mm. you over time. Uh, I've actually known people who've done that and then the site fails and they don't end up getting the rest of their money. So that's why I like right. to say in that kind of smaller field. Um, when I first started out, it was getting around a 20X multiple of the last, I believe, 12 months. And the last sites I sold were in 2019. And I believe they both got a 35X for the So it's 35 times the monthly profit, correct? Right. Like sometimes you'll get a valuation based on your average of your last 12 months. Uh, sometimes it'll be three months, sometimes 12 months. It just really depends on, like, I do a lot of stuff in seasonal niches. Like I used to be in the paddleboard niche for years. And so that would be a 12 month valuation because obviously people aren't paddleboarding in the winter months. So. Mm. And you said that you, you do most of your writing, which yes. to me is shocking because I was expecting <laughs> you to say, I have a team of writers. No, how no, do you, no, no. how do you manage to write so much content for so many websites? Well, you know, I think it's because I used to be a freelance writer and, and my bachelor's degree is in journalism. So, you know, I'm pretty fast typing and I'm obviously pretty used to doing research. And so I just, I do it pretty quickly. So that, I think that's why I just did it myself and that I prefer to do it that way because it doesn't take me that long. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, you know, going back to what you were saying about the websites moving quickly if they're under 100,000, mm -hmm. I also feel like mm -hmm. when websites get bigger, you're probably mm -hmm. selling to a smaller pool of buyers, right? right. Because it, it takes a certain buyer to be able mm -hmm. to look at that website and say like, you know what, I can take it from three, 400 to a million, mm -hmm. right? While somebody right. seeing it at 60 is like, I can take this from 60 to 200 and like flip it again. Mm -hmm. Well, and based on people I've talked to who have sold more in the higher brackets, there seems to be kind of like a dead space between around maybe 350,000 to about 700,000 
because you have the institutional buyers who are all buying in at the 700K plus. And so there's like not really anyone left in the middle there. So I feel like anybody who's starting out either needs to shoot for under 300,000 or over 700,000 for their sales price for it to move the fastest. Mm, I love that. It's so interesting. What about, I'm curious, what is like your end goal with the business? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you see yourself doing this for like as long as you can, or is there some sort of like goal that you're going after with the, with the website flipping? Um, I do actually really enjoy doing SEM and doing this. It's kind of like a nerd puzzle, I guess, <laughs> for me, but, but it's not something that, you know, I don't want to be you know, sitting in a retirement home doing building <laughs> sites and stuff. Um, what I would like to do is transition some things into real world businesses, because I do have some sites that I've started that have that potential. So that's probably what I'll do with some type of hybrid type thing where I only have a few sites and they also have real world businesses that are associated with them. What do you mean by a real world business? Uh, well, so back when I had the gaming site that I sold, um, I had planned out how it was feasible to do like a niche board game type conventions. And you could have the, the brand of the website be the brand of the convention kind of like as a sponsor. And then you could, you know, you could make, you know, branded little bags to put your dice in and things like that. So that would turn it more into a real world business while it would still have the website with the display ads and the affiliate component. So essentially like you would build some sort of like product and then use just the, like the traffic and the attention from the website to essentially right. sell that product. Right. Or let's say like we talked about the coffee niche a minute ago. So you wanted to do like a subscription box that you could mm. turn it into a, a thing like that. Or maybe you wanted to open a cafe, but still have it be going all the way back to the site that you started. That was a really good brand. I'm really big on picking very brandable domains for the website so that you do have that potential. Do you have like, I mean, I'm a hobbyist when it comes down to domain names mm -hmm. and I own way too many to be comfortable with. So <laughs> I'm wondering how many domain names are you owning at any one point just as you come up with ideas for things? Well, I will tell you, I bought three yesterday. <laughs> so I was just in my name silo account and there's 303 in there, which was, you know, that's why I remember because it was 303. But yeah, wow. I also have a name cheap account and I don't know how many are in there, but there's some. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that's like one of those things that like, I, for me, it's like scratching the itch. Like I only mm -hmm. have so much time in the day, but there's so many things that I want to do that for some, in some way, buying that domain almost like scratches the itch of like, all right, I can't do this because I don't have the time or the focus to do it, but like, at least I'm going to buy the domain. You know? <laughs> right. And then six years later, you're still renewing it and there's no site. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's me. right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any sort of like niches that somebody who's a beginner who's listening to this and saying like, Hey, this sounds pretty cool. What sort of niches would you point them towards? And what sort of niches would you tell them to like, stay away from? I would say definitely stay away from personal finance as a beginner, just because it's so competitive. Um, other things I would stay away from as a beginner are like VPNs, hosting, CBD, all, you know, they, they're all have big high payout and everyone's going after them. So, oh, actually the sleep niche is actually kind of crazy competitive with negative SEO. I'd stay away from that as well. What do you mean by um, negative SEO? Like people sending you junk links, casino links, pharma links, those types of things, trying to take your site down. Um, gotcha. In terms of good ones, I would say anything related to like parenting, home, food, slash cooking, those are all things that do really well with display ads. Um, and you can also sell a lot of affiliate products. And then like say with cooking, you could even do recipe books, things like that, where you can branch out. But those are all 
really pretty easy to get started in. And there is competition, but you can kind of niche down. So like, I don't know, maybe you wanted to focus on air fryers and cooking with air fryers in the kitchen niche or something. Is there such a thing as like too niche? Like you just said air fryers. Like, mm-hmm. is that is that too far? Like an air fryer HQ blog? Like, is that too far? Or is there such a thing as too far in terms of niching down? Um, I think if you were starting something like hikingsandals.com, that would be a little too far. But you could do hiking and that would not be too niched. But I think you could also do air fryer niche down. I've seen plenty of successful sites like that. Um, so I guess it would really just depend. I mean, you could do just mountain biking. I mean, you know, mm. so. Yeah. Air. I don't know what it is about air frying, I guess that <laughs> gets people so jazzed up. I mean, like I we have an air fryer and we get together with our friends and like, my wife is always like, guess what? I air fried the other day. And I'm like, why? Like, how did this become a thing? I'm so it's curious. It's like the instant pot, right? Like people are crazy about it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, okay. So. Let's see here. Uh, One of the things that I've been hearing since I got started was the death of blogging and the death of blogs. And I feel like I've been hearing about this since I got started in like 2016 or so. Mm -hmm. And I'm still hearing it today. Do you think that this is something that is here to stay? Do you think that this is an industry that people can safely sort of like invest time in. And the reason why I'm asking this is like, at one point, Amazon affiliate websites were all the rage, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was such a good way to make money. It was relatively easy. And then Amazon came in and essentially just shot everybody in the foot at the beginning of 2020, right? So where do you see this industry going? And do you think that there's still room for people to sort of dive in and become experts on this field the way that you have? Yeah, I think it's here to stay. I think the key is that if you're getting into it is adaptability because it does change all the time. And sometimes it changes more than once a year. You know, like I said, when I got started, everyone was doing made for AdSense sites. And then everyone was doing Amazon affiliate sites. And now Amazon has cut the commission several times. So you have some people saying, oh, I'm never doing Amazon again. And so now display ads are really big. So you just have to be able to adapt and just move with the industry. But yeah, I think you could start today and do just as well as I've done. And you said that it usually takes like what, like a year, year and a half to flip that website. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, I used to be able to do it in just 12 months, um, but now about 18 months is is the earliest I can flip. How come? What changed? Um, It's just taking longer to rank because there's more competition, things like that, basically. Um, And and for me personally, I'm just trying to now flip things at a slightly higher higher monthly income. Mm. Let's talk about selling the websites, right? This is the the sexy part of it. You're like (laughs) building the websites and sort of like just pushing through all of these blog posts and whatnot. It's sort of like the nitty gritty stuff. But Mm -hmm. the sexy thing is to sell the website and make a bunch of cash on the other right, end. Right. So how do you go through, like, what is the process of selling a website look like? Um, well, basically you just figure out, you can just like look at Empire Flippers current listings to see kind of what multiple that they're giving people right now. So you can kind of do some back of the napkin math for yourself so that you can kind of see, oh, is now a good time for me or should I wait? Kind of things like that. Um, Empire Flippers also has a calculator somewhere on their site where you can input information about your site to get evaluation. Um, and then once you're ready, you either contact them or another broker. Um, I've used a few places and Empire Flippers is my favorite and I do recommend it. 
Um, you submit your information. And um, I think that the, the business analyst, I think, is who takes over all of your data. They want to know about your expenses, how much you spend on hosting, things like that. Uh, you give them screenshots of all of your income. Um, and they go through your backlink profile with like a really fine tooth comb. So I know that there have been people who've tried to hide, you know, shady links and stuff like that. And you can't do that because they'll catch it. Um, so then after they do all of that, they come back to you and say, you know, please check all of this data because they build you like a P&L. And then they say, here's what we can give you if we list it. Here's what we think it'll go for. And let us know if you're okay to list it. Um, and in my experience, it usually goes live the next week. Um, and then as soon as it goes live, you're going to get hit with all kinds of emails from interested buyers who have questions. So those do go through Empire Flippers, um, but then you just have to respond and have like, in a, like a customer service ticket. Um, and usually there's some negotiation because people kind of, you know, Empire Flippers has a really high multiple, so they want to pay a little less. So you go back and forth with people on that. And then once you agree to sell to someone, uh, Empire Flippers gives everyone who was interested 24 hours to counter the offer. Um, I think they have to offer 10% more, but I, I'm not 100% certain on that. So essentially, like if if you were selling a website and I put mm -hmm. in an offer on it, Empire Flippers will send out some sort of like an alert to everyone else that was interested. Like, hey, there's an offer, right. but right. you can counter it. Right. And they'll tell them That's you have 24 a hours nice, to be a yeah. smart little way to get some more money for that website. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like that when I first sold with them in 2014. So it's something they've added in recent years is really nice. Um, and so then once you finally get an offer that you, you know, the final buyer that you agreed on, um, they have a whole migrations team who basically moves over everything, which is really, really nice. Um, and then they give the buyer, I think two weeks maybe one week, I can't remember, to kind of look over everything and make sure traffic is still what it's supposed to be, income is looking like they expect and things like that. And then that's it. They ask you how you want your money paid out. And then you either get like a wire transfer or Bitcoin or whatever you want. And then, then you celebrate. So yeah. How do you, what's your favorite way to celebrate? Like, do you have a, I'm thinking about the office. I don't know if you've seen the office, but there's that one episode in which Jim basically has this one client that's like 25% of his like income every year or something. He has this little bottle of champagne that he hides in his like drawer. Do you have something similar or like, how do you celebrate when you sell a site? Um, it's different every time. One year I went to Maui. So, I mean, it just varies. Yeah. <laughs> and why is, why do you find, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Empire Flippers. Mm -hmm. They've been on the podcast before, but mm -hmm. why do you find that they are the best broker out there? Like what about them do you think stands above the rest? For anybody who's listening is like, right. I want to explore all the other options. Like, like what about Empire Flippers? Like kind of, you know, like why were you attracted to right. them and, and why were they above the rest? Um, well, all of the brokers have a similar structure in terms of the commission that they take for selling uh, your site. But I feel like Empire Flippers is the only one who actually tries to even earn that money for that they're getting, um, they give you a, a lot of support um, from, you know, like I said, the, the person who bets your site to the person who migrates it. Um, I've had a few instances where I've done calls with interested buyers through them and they, they really hold your hand through that entire process. Like they, they will get with you before the call with the potential buyer to kind of coach you on it and tell you what to expect. And then once that call ends, they stay on with just you to kind of let you know how they thought it would go to see if you have any questions and kind of let you know what should come next. And that's not something that I've experienced with other brokers. And I have had calls with buyers through other brokers. So 
overall, it's just, just a, it feels like they're working actually for both sides and not just for themselves. So, mm-hmm. so that article that you wrote for them, mm-hmm. again, the name of it was seven tips for building and flipping sites from a six figure team of one. Mm-hmm. And I want to very quickly focus on that last bit, the six figure team of one, because mm-hmm. immediately I'm wondering what does an average day look like for that six figure team of one? Like what is a, you know, how does a day go by for you in terms of like, you know, running the business and that kind of stuff? So the first thing I do when I get up is I make sure that all of my sites are up (laughs) and I'm not having any hosting issues and that everything's like it's running smoothly. Um, And then from there, it really varies. Um, Sometimes I have a list of keywords for a site where I know I'm going to start writing content immediately. So that's what I'll start on. Um, For sites that I use Pinterest on, I just do that as soon as I post the new content so that I don't have to kind of wait to do that. Um, what I try to do is work on one site a day to kind of stay focused, um, unless there's like some fires I have to put out with like, you know, hosting going down or something like that. Um, and then I would say, honestly, at this point, I maybe average five hours a day of work Monday through Friday, if that. Um, but that's not, obviously not true when I was starting out. You know, I did put in a lot of, you know, 14, 16 hour days. So I don't want people to think they can just jump in and work five hours. But yeah, I'm basically just writing content, looking for keywords, and that's pretty much it. Nothing really exciting. A lot of people who are listening to this podcast are probably familiar with the four-hour work week, right? right Which right. kind of inspired all of this. Do you feel mm-hmm. like if you wanted to, you could live the four-hour work week right now with your business model? Um, probably. Uh, what I like to do is just randomly take a month or two off and do nothing. Um, so when I moved from the Netherlands back to the U.S. in January, I took two months off and didn't work on anything. Um, I did obviously keep track of whether my hosting went down, but that was really it. I did nothing. And like I usually take off all of December and part of January. So instead of trying to do a four-hour work week, I just basically only work a few months out of the year. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think that's some that Tim Ferriss talks about in the book as well is where he talks about like doing sprints, right? Like, Hey, like these couple of months, I'm like head down doing a lot of business, Mm -hmm. you know, getting a lot of work done. And then like, I might take all of August off because I'm going to go do whatever. So, and I think that's really appealing to a lot of people, you know, like the whole, Mm -hmm. like not necessarily deferring retirement for when you're 65 and kind of like, you know, dropping Mm -hmm. a little bit of that retirement throughout life. Mm -hmm. Um, what sort of tools or courses would you recommend to somebody who's listening to this and going like, all right, take my money. I want to learn how to do this. Like, this sounds <laughs> awesome. Like, where can they go and start learning and start essentially building this sort of business? Um, I, I told you before we started that I actually create and sell courses, but when people start out, I always tell them, save your money because you can save that for content or links or whatever and try to learn it on your own for free. Um, like I said, um, the Ahrefs blog is a good source. So is authority hacker, they've actually put a lot of great stuff. Um, I also recommend Doug Cunnington's YouTube channel, which is niche site project. Um, I've seen a few of the things also that income school puts out. Um, they have some good tips as well. Um, and Morton at, I think it's passive income geek on YouTube. They also put out some great content over there. Um, Those are the places that I would start to learn how to do this so that you're not spending money that you could later put into your site. So you said, you know, spend money to buy links, I'm assuming for Mm -hmm. backlinks and that kind of stuff. How much money would you say 
it takes to build a website? You know, like how much money do you need to invest in a website in order to build it to something, you know, sustainable and something that's earning you a monthly income? Um, I would say $5,000 is a good starting point for most people. Um, the case study site that I'm doing for Project Tartarus is started out on an expired domain that I spent $2,000 for. Uh, I've outsourced a large amount of that content just to kind of show people what they can accomplish with outsourcing instead of writing your own content. And I believe I am up to $14,200 so far, and the site has 250 posts on it. So $14,000 spent on it or $14,000 yes, is- okay. spent on it. And it's bringing in $400 a month right now, just from Ezoic. So essentially, if you were to flip this website right now, it would earn you 12 grand. Is my math correct on that? Yeah. 30 like X. We're looking at a 30 starting X. Point, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So then yeah. from, from here on, essentially it's, it's profit. Right. If I were to stop putting content on. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, Shauna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been super fun. Like I said, this is for me. I'm like, oh, this sounds so cool. That sounds so awesome. Uh, Let people know. I know that you said that you've been putting out courses every Mm -hmm. single month this year, which sounds amazing. Clearly, um, you are the most productive person in the history of the world because you're putting out all this blog posts and you're creating new courses every month. Where can people find uh, those courses if they're interested? Yeah, the courses are at digitalauthorityacademy.com or you can find the link on my blog, skipblast.com. Perfect. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you and be like, hey, Shauna, love what you're doing. uh, Where can they find you? Are you on social media at all or? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Facebook um, or anyone can just email me through my site through Skip Blast. Awesome. Well, Shauna, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, This has been an absolute blast talking to you and best of luck with everything. Uh, I'm super excited to see everything that you're doing. Cool. Thanks. A lot of fun.